0: Well, it's great that we can all be together. And this Thanksgiving, no uh, yelling, no hysteria, especially with your grandpa not here, although we miss him. So let's do it right. And Wendy, uh, why don't you say grace? You still love to say grace, remember?
1: Dear Lord, thank you for this Thanksgiving holiday and for all the material possessions that we have and enjoy and for letting us white people kill all the indians and steal their tribal lands and stuff ourselves Mm. like pigs even though children in Asia are being napalmed Jesus,
0: enough, all right! Paul, roll, grab the gravy Good evening, sir. Hello, hello. How you been?
1: Oh, you know, I'm just waiting for uh, four more years of of hell to be put upon us.
0: (laughs) I'm great. I'm good. So, uh, I guess this is pretty much the only day that you could look at something like the ice storm as a bit of a pick-me-up.
1: Well, I often find myself thinking about key parties and how they work. How's the marriage going, man? Actually, watch this one with the wife. (laughs) Raised an eyebrow. See what, uh, tried to, uh, gauge what the, uh, the storm front would look like, uh, with this one. Um, I actually think that, uh, this is one time she would want to get into the weeds with me on this because (laughs) (laughs) this is not a, uh not a a film that makes uh, any part of that process titillating or I guess the 70s in general uh, doesn't make it look too appealing one way or or the other
0: yeah the movie itself is rather horny but it's not sexy
1: that's an excellent way to put it I don't think you can put that on the poster (laughs) I don't know if Ang Lee if that's his speed I don't know (laughs) life of Pi, maybe (laughs) there. (laughs)
0: I don't know. The Hulk.
1: That one was Nolte in particular was both horny and very sexy as the. It's a good point. I, uh, I, I, I stand mm-hmm. uh, Actually, I watched this one when I was a teenager and I think it sort of shaped my view <laughs> of like generations prior uh, where I was like, wow, that's just uh, maybe in concept, maybe in theory, uh, having sex with your neighbors Sounds great, but this is uh, this is like an after school (laughs) don't do drugs type thing about staying very conservative and staying in your lane, uh, staying with your I guess your wife, staying with Joan Allen of all people. What's what's Kevin Klein complaining about here?
0: There's too many movies about guys not wanting to be with Joan Allen, and I I don't get this.
1: That's a point that my wife brought up. Actually, um, (laughs) she put much more succinctly: not uh, you know, not extended out. 20, 30 minutes for a podcast. Like we would do. Uh, all she said was, I wish we had watched Pleasantville. That was yep. her comment. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, but this is a, this is a criterion selection. And I don't know. I mean, I, I, are we supposed to laugh at this one? Like how darkly uh, comic is this supposed to be?
0: So I, there's definitely moments of comedy here. Uh, I'm, Unfortunately, I think most of that falls on um, Spider-Man looking confused through most of the movie. (laughs) That's where the comedy seems to come from. Um, I'm not sure if that was necessarily a choice or not, but that's That's just his face.
1: Toby just has that. (laughs) Instead of having the uh, Bruce Willis, like John McClane, oh shit face that makes him look badass. uh, It just makes you want to punch him. And this, and that's not even getting into the fact that his his grand plan is to uh, drug his the object of his affection. Um, to well, to his, get laid for he the first
0: time, wanna, he didn't want to drug her. He was trying to drug his friend so he wouldn't have competition. Oh, There's so her, much I mean, better. <laughs> the, this was the idea. So you know, I, I'm not down with a guy who's gonna roofie the girl to get you know her attention, but roofying the competition. Okay. I, I can truck with that.
1: You, yeah, I, I think you and I have done an episode on like very bad things before. I seem to have some memory of us. I, th- uh, I think so. You seem like a, uh Christian Slater type in the sense that <laughs> I, I guess I'm glad in COVID, uh, you know, actually I, I don't know if I've told you this. I told Peter out in Portland. So the big plan this summer, uh, we started talking about last holiday was a big trip out West. My wife, wife has always wanted to go out West and I'm like, well, I know some people that you'd love to meet. Everyone I podcast with out <laughs> <laughs> <At> West. <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely.
1: But, like, just in this conversation, I'm reminded again. Uh, That, you know, maybe I can only have the the Maynard experience as Maynard family man and not you (laughs) as the roving bachelor who may, you know, knock me out uh, if we're both talking up, you know, Katie Holmes. Uh, I'll have to watch, you know, you buying the next round would not be smart for me.
0: Look, I watch joey played dawson and pacey for years i wouldn't even mess with that so i, I thought of no you. interest there
1: i i don't know why i always associate dawson's creek with you i think we <laughs> we shit on it on another episode or something and uh it was a well, tweet
0: we, we shit on it enough that we almost started a another podcast going doing a rewatch of it we both knew the material pretty well a much more successful one
1: um my dad <laughs> just most assuredly more successful would have to be um but there was a tweet, and I thought, do I forward this to Maynard, or is that as you know, equally as poor form as like forwarding an email, as like tagging you in someone else's? <laughs> yeah, it was a very earnest Twitter thread, as if as all Twitter threads about Dawson's Creek are. They're very earnest people; these super fans. Oh, which we sure. are not, um, <laughs> and I promise you, fans, we'll get back to key parties, which is really my only interest in having this this conversation. And they were lamenting that. Um, there's no way to watch pure Dawson's Creek anymore. Unless you have bootlegs, I guess from the original airings, because the both of the music
0: cues, the music, I did not realize that
1: Dawson's Creek was like freaks and geeks where it's like, we're going to have to have a really expensive, uh, I guess like shout factory DVD (laughs) set to get the pure Dawson's Creek experience because both Netflix and the DVDs, uh, I guess even songs they reference, uh, in the show, like are, are not there. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, the, the difference is, though, in Freaks and Geeks, you're talking about Elvis Costello. And yeah. in Dawson's Creek, it's Toad the Wet Sprocket. So yeah. I, I I guess they're in the same ballpark-ish. I don't know.
1: We should just do a Freaks and Geeks podcast because it's more of our people. And it
0: also got canceled after one season. So it's <laughs> less of a commitment. <laughs> And there's less material to go through. Dawson's Creek would take us years. Yeah, to I don't mean
1: chart the incestuous nature of the relationships with those kids. Um, I, that's why we're talking uh, the Ice Storm here. Like I, told- was
0: really my only goal for this episode was to talk Dawson's Creek. So as I feel as like always, accomplished uh, at this point. So
1: yeah, let me schedule seven Sam next week so you can then tell us about Pacey uh, you know, <laughs> sabotaging uh, Dawson. <laughs>
0: Well, I, I think it's more of a Rashomon story.
1: Oh, okay. So you're, you know, I, wait, is that elevating it or not? I don't i don't know what the uh, Kurosawa fans, uh, I, I guess I, those are equally
0: esteemed. They're both highly regarded. Yeah. Right? yeah. It's just the one has the three different points of view of the same story.
1: One of so. them, I can actually make it through in one sitting. How about that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> So anyway, I'm I'm
1: sorry. Uh, I say that as someone who has now seen the Ice Storm probably three times in my life and never really cared for it any time, but I go back to it because of key parties. Seven Samurai that was a uh, that was you know one journey, and now it sits on my shelf, and that's where it needs to be. I I uh, identify with the Kevin Klein character because I. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! <laughs> All right.
0: No, God, let's
1: unpack this one, please. Well, okay, I'm I'm saying that not to make myself look better. I actually prefer a film where the uh, uh, the guy that's trying to, I guess, practice his uh, cocksmanship, I guess, here in the swinging '70s, just gets slapped in the face at every turn. So you have, uh, you know, he he talks too much about. <laughs> <laughs> the minutiae of his uh i guess his annoyances at his job graciously sigorna weaver to, to the audience cuts him off and is like that's really not what we're here for no one wants to hear this she gets tired of having sex with him but instead of just saying that she just get, grabs her keys and just leaves her own home <laughs> 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 leaves him there and what does he do in the buff he sees he knows that she's taken off he just hangs around as boxers. He reads a magazine. He is a guy that is like he's so unhappy.
0: Is when, that, wait? So is that how you read that scene that she left because he was talking too much about his job?
1: I think she just had one of those um, one of my favorite uh, breakup moments in film of all time is uh, singles, Cameron Crowe singles, uh, mm-hmm. where uh, Bridget Fonda is sitting there with Matt Dillon. And she's, you know, she's been trying, uh, to get the attention, the affection of this fucking idiot, uh, the lead <laughs> singer of citizen Dick, uh, yeah. and she sneezes and he doesn't say, you know, God bless you. Cause any of that, which is big for her. He just grabs the Kleenexes and is like, please don't get me sick. I've got a show this weekend. Like, and without even like looking her in the eye and then it like cuts to her in her, in her head, the voiceover saying, I don't have to put up with this. I could just break up with him and it's fine. it's one of the like best breakup sequences where someone just clicks finally. Like I don't have to put up with this shit one second more to me. I'm applying that same thinking without the voiceover. Uh, cause Angley is not the filmmaker that Cameron Crowe is at all. Um, that Sigourney Weaver is like, I don't have to even look at this guy again, even though it's in my own house and this may create a situation later. I don't give a fuck. I'm just driving away. I have, what did she say later? I just had Aaron's run. Yeah. <laughs> I had other I, things I, to do. I,
0: Sigourney Weaver is the real hero of this film. As far as yeah, I'm concerned. Yeah. Because of that moment.
1: Well, notice I'm not identifying with her. I'm a guy that just <laughs> hangs around for too long. Uh, read a magazine, you know, think about what he's going to podcast about later. Uh, presumably, um, I almost said Varsity Blues, but that's, that's going a step too far for Dawson's Creek. That's going to the failed feature film career. Uh I liked it. I like um it's like a smaller version of uh of shame, right? We don't have to get into uh such a dark place <laughs> where like this hound dog uh is just reminded that he's kind of a putz repeatedly. I like that.
0: Yeah, he's um he's not a guy that probably belonged in the swing in 70s. He's trying yeah. to go along with yeah. it and he he's a guy that should have been in the 50s. That that's what I think would have been his comfort zone.
1: So he's running with uh, Bill Macy in Pleasantville. He's
0: the, the- Absolutely. The- yeah, he would have been one of those guys in the neighborhood. He, def- he definitely wasn't painting murals at the cafe. <laughs> where,
1: where do you stand on uh, The Big Chill? Um, like, is The Big Chill, do you think, is it a celebration of that group that, you know, felt like they were part of something, but then they're, you know, they're not really a part of any big movement. They're eventually just becoming their parents again. Or or do you think that they're actually condemning those characters as kind of jerks?
0: I, that's, that I don't know. I haven't seen it in a really long time. Um, and I kind of thought that it was lifting them up when I was a kid and I mm-hmm. saw it. Um, sort of it had that late 60s, early 70s. Um, thing that happened in the '80s, where there was a lot of just—I uh, don't know—there there was this sort of idolatry towards that time period. There was this, you know, it was that was the Stranger Things of its time, oh, God. where they're looking <laughs> back to it. And so it was—it was all that God, that nonsense that happened at that time, where there was, you know, Stand by Me and all these other movies that were looking back to the '50s and '60s, and it was this—that was that generations version of nostalgia porn i guess Mm. and so to me it felt like it was putting them on a pedestal i'd kind of like to revisit it and see if it was possibly maybe putting them in their place a little bit because as i think through it as the details i remember it very well could have been that um but the original question i I would say i'd put this kind of in the middle of klein's stuff It, it definitely gets nowhere near uh the level of something like i don't know Fish called Wanda, or something like that. Where I think when he just goes batshit crazy, those are the performances I really like. Um, he, he does the one where what's the one where he's the professor? That's kind of a middle of the road performance, and I think that movie's great also. Hmm. I'm not uh, him I'm and not... Robert Downey Jr. Where he's uh, the professor, the writer at the trying to no. Okay. Wait, are you thinking uh, of uh, Wonder Boys? No. Oh God, I am getting that backwards with Michael Douglas, aren't mm-hmm. I? Never yeah. Mind. I, Wow! And, oh no! I somehow I just realized what I did. I just crossed that and <laughs> and Orange County in my head somehow. <laughs> wow! You, you just... I just I, I supplanted the two professors in my mind. Jesus,
1: uh, Curtis Hanson, we're sorry. Maynard's trying to you know put Toad the Wet Sprocket and Wonder Boys <laughs> Orange County. Orange County was a film I saw for the first time this year, as part of my failed attempt to watch January movies—movies movies that are dumped at the beginning of the year. That is a uh, that is prime material. Although I think Wonder Boys was a February release, so not that far off from uh, from those those uh, the so dregs.
0: Which is the deeper place for the? Is it January or February? Is the more shameful month to be released in?
1: I think January, um, January. If you're a pure new release, if it's not one of those like expansion, because of course, like in my neck of the woods, back when there were you know movie theaters and there were there was Oscar season, that was you know you would get uh, you know Steven Soderbergh's Traffic in the middle of January, mm-hmm. but it'd been playing since December, November. You know, as it expanded out, and so I would say like for for most of America, January probably is not that bad. You're just catching up with uh the the prestige films but something like Orange County which I'm pretty sure did not platform out <laughs> through the fall season <laughs> that, that's really being dumped
0: but was Get Out was that a January release?
1: I think it was uh February, I think. Was it? Um I'm not sure. I uh I, you know it's kind of sad in a way <laughs> like I mean obviously for 2020 but like even before that uh, the marvelization of release dates just pretty much meant none of them mean anything anymore. It's like you could have a huge movie in September or it could be in January. It does not matter. Uh, which I think when I was younger, I probably lamented that because I was going to the movies like every week and I'm like, why do I have to wait? Like, why are you, why is this industry basically waving the white flag saying like this is all going to be shit for the next four weeks? Um, but now I think now I'll just uh, accept any of it. Uh, where where are you at actually? Uh, we're we're off the ice storm, but where where are you at as far as your consumption of media now? Like, uh, how do do you have any sort of like uh, your your own sort of boundaries as far as like trying to make things uh, seem a little bit more special? Because I'm just assuming you're even more so than me, where you get sent a lot of screeners. You're probably just like getting sent stuff, and there really is no sort of like place and time for it.
0: No, it it's really strange. And yeah, I get I get screeners all, all the time for things, but that's kind of the stuff that I get sent for the most part has always been pretty rough. But then like it's a, a, the vast majority of it. But then a week ago I got the new Kevin Costner movie. That which means a they're, they're getting desperate if they're sending that shit to me. <laughs> <laughs> Like the 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 wheels are off. It's just the shit is falling apart now. Yeah. If Diane Lane and Kevin Costner can't, if they're sending that to following films, ooh, that's no good.
1: Now is that an actual theatrical play? I mean, I don't know what is because yeah, it's it's coming out on the sixth. Wow. If uh, Christopher Nolan couldn't save cinema, I don't know if my man (laughs) Kevin's gonna do it. Although I would I would I would enjoy that. I would enjoy Costner (laughs) stealing his thunder.
0: I think that you probably have a better chance for the diehard Costner fans um, to show up in a movie theater mm. than the diehard Nolan fans. Maybe. Yeah. Although those Nolan fans are idiots. So I, I don't know. Hmm. Tough what, to
1: say. Want no part of either one of them. Just uh, keep bringing me uh, Kevin Kline's swinging waves <laughs> from
0: <laughs> two so decades what, ago. What What draws you back to this movie? Because this is something that... I had never seen before. I would have sworn I had seen this movie hmm. until, and then I was five minutes in. I'm like, Jesus Christ! This is one of those things where, when it came out, I read so much about it, and probably just to avoid seeing it at some point in time, I told someone I had seen it so that I could just not sit down and watch. That's a good way uh, to go. About it. <laughs> and say, no, yeah, yeah, I already did that. Let's let's watch Pulp Fiction or whatever it was again at this point. Um, and then, yeah, so I. I realized i had not seen this and so when when frodo was on the diving board i was like oh this uh, is not heading in the direction i thought this was heading
1: yeah so. uh frodo gets to play just like a, a really great fucking idiot here which i also appreciate <laughs> um because i don't think I, I don't know about you i don't think i see enough stupid genuinely stupid teenagers on film that are not purely there is like the comedic relief or it's like, Oh, that's a no. stoner character. It's just like this sort of <laughs> like very blank individual who can <laughs> barely function as far as speaking with, and not just parents, but even with his peers, like the, mm-hmm. the conversations we see here, it's, I'll, I'll have to say this. It's strange because the whole Elijah Wood, Christina Ricci subplot <laughs> is, it's very squid in the well for me and that it's not very enjoyable. Okay. It's very close to like the kid, you know, rubbing his own semen on things where I'm like, so ah,
0: yeah. I, I, interesting that you bring that up. Cause I was thinking this kind of feels like something that Noah Baumbach would have done at some yeah, point. Yeah. It, ha- it doesn't have that angry feeling to it at all to me. <laughs> Where's so... the fucking tiger?
1: Bring out the tiger. <laughs> Uh, or, you know, have David Crumholtz uh, and uh, Spider-Man fly through the air and uh, <laughs> duel over lovely Katie Holmes here. Uh, I did think that they handled Katie Holmes in about the, the, the best way to go back to uh, Dawson's Creek and that, you know, she's someone that I've never liked on screen. Like, you can tell, like, there's a certain, like, package to her in a way where it's like, okay, she's sort of the girl next door enough, pretty enough uh, that young men in particular want to see her and maybe, you know, older men, uh, you know, a Kevin <laughs> Klein type, you know, there's a certain creep factor there. She's been in st- films that I've enjoyed, but I've always looked at the way she's approached the character and been like, yeah, you
0: probably could got a better actress here. Like, I, like
1: compare her to perfectly
0: serviceable in this movie though. I think she's not <laughs> distracting at all.
1: Yeah. Like, I think it like go is a movie I like better. And I know we've talked about that one as well. And that's another one. That's sort of like a, Uh, It's a closer time capsule in that I was – when that came out, I was of age of the characters. I was a teenager. Uh, And now I kind of watch it and there's a little bit of cringe because it's it's so much involved in that rave scene that I was not a part of. (laughs) And uh, that one, having Katie Holmes open open your film with like a monologue, like a very Tarantino-esque monologue – not right. a good use of her talents. Her here is sort of just like the object of affection um, that, you know, in pure Maynard style is drugged. And then her head just ends up in <laughs> Spider-Man's lap works a little bit better. Actually works better in wonder boys too. Cause she kind of fits that same thing. She's just sort of mm-hmm. like off to the side on the periphery of the events, uh, which is like a really insulting thing to say about an actress. Just stay off. Like we can still see you. We can admire your looks, but...
0: Uh, I, I did have a specific question about something here that I just thought of. It, okay. her, is her character supposed to understand even who Dostoevsky is? Or did she cheat? Uh, I, mm. I, that whole scene where they're talking about the idiot, I kind of feel like she has no idea what he's talking about. It doesn't seem like he's being veiled in his language that if you uh, if you understood the words that she actually said out loud, what he was saying would have made perfect sense, but she seems utterly confused by it.
1: I Well, that's, that's strange. I, I took it a, the, the opposite way that I, I, I took her much like Sigourney Weaver, where she's like, how do I get out of this conversation as quickly as possible? And if I have to Fair. look stupid, so, so be it, but I'm still going to win by just exiting the stage. He's going to feel stupid, even though he's correct.
0: Got it. You know what? That's a much better read of it. Okay.
1: (laughs) It just made me sad watching this again when we're talking about like young actresses, uh, you know, Katie Holmes is fine, but like Christina Ricci, uh, I, I watched something like this now and I felt like, Oh, she not should have done more, but like should have gotten more interesting work than I, I guess what followed up. Like after her sort of, I guess her actual teenage years, uh, I don't feel like she got enough like adult, roles. She's great here. She, and she has a she's, fairly thankless part as far as it's hard to make that character <laughs> likable. Like she's <laughs> she's just being, well, and of course you would like her. She's being the weird little shit, doing and saying weird <laughs> little shit things.
0: Yeah, that that was the um there was a part when I was watching this and thinking about you. Um, of course. when her and the other weird little shit were in bed together. Um, and I'm thinking, this is what I hope the rest of the movie is. Just <laughs> Let's forget it. Let's just go off and see what these two weird little shits, as you would put it, do with the rest of their lives. Yeah, and...
1: Eventually one of them will put on like a Nixon mask and they'll start dry humping. And <sighs> Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's the one instance where I grew with Frodo as far as I don't know what to say to this. Have you ever had a nocturnal emission? Huh? It's when you wake up and you find this pool of sticky stuff. Like, after a sexy dream. They haven't told you about this stuff yet. On what planet are you living on? (laughs) I
0: love you. It's nice.
1: Are you drunk? I don't know. How do I know?
0: I don't know either.
1: <laughs> you spin around when you lie down. I think.
0: I don't think I'm spinning. But you're still gonna go along with it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's. it's I assume there's. It's slim Pickens. In the area, so <laughs> <laughs> whatever. So she uh, she pulled down her pants in front of your younger brother, and then he started screaming. Um, all all of this is um, it, it's almost saying like that. Um, I guess middle America or like you know the, the fuddy duddies here that were trying to dabble in this. Uh, none of them needed to be dabbling in this at all because there's no one no. that comes across uh, satisfied. Uh, you, you eventually see Joan Allen. Um, you know, she she has a sexual experience. She actually follows through with the, the key party rules, and it looks terrible. Uh, yeah. I, I don't understand these adults. Like, they you know, why are they acting like teenagers as well? Like, just drive to your your house, man. Why, why are you having sex in the car? You're soaking wet. It's freezing out. You can tell what a romantic I am. Where right? I'm like, this is not practical. Like,
0: <laughs> it's um, yeah, th- there's these people the the adults in this film there's they're just bored and rich and it makes them all not very interesting um despite the height, the heightened language that the film has and uh, it everything about this film is shot really well but it's just the people here i don't really care about any of the adults other than maybe Sigourney Weaver and Joan Allen i guess you those, so those you and
1: ones. i would not be competing at the key party for the same woman because I only had eyes for one character and that was uh, Dot played by Allison Janey. She was intense. She was a go-getter.
0: You know what? Dot could have gone to L.A. and she would have been just fine. Dot knew what was up with this.
1: Dot looked like a a good time. Dot looked... (laughs) (laughs) You know, she was... She'll eventually do her bit from uh the West Wing, you know. What what was that that she did? Oh, it's killing me now. I have to look up the YouTube clip and drop it in here. Um But yeah, I mean I I the intensity was what she (laughs) she held out that bowl to poor Joan (laughs) Allen Kevin (laughs) Klein. It had to put hair on Kevin Klein's chest, like just with her that like Sauron like eye that she had, that gaze of like, this is what we're doing tonight. Um, yeah, I was I was taken with her.
0: And speaking of Kevin Klein's chest hair, hmm. did you take notice of like the perfect sheet pattern that he has? It's like a shield
1: hmm. on
0: his chest, where there's nothing on the shoulders, nothing on the back, just straight this perfect shield going down right, just right, right, straight down the front of his torso. So it's pretty impressive. And if this is supposed to be the 1970s, is he the original? you know, manscape artist. Oh, okay.
1: So do you think it's just a, uh, you know, Klein was not going full method. Do you think he's just like, he's just taking on his own uh, body hair type and like, no, no, I'm not, I'm not going native. I'm not
0: going into the seventies. Look, you know, I I think based on what I saw, yeah, he wasn't taking it that far that he still wanted to be somewhat attractive. He would take his, um, because he, he's more than willing to make himself look like an idiot, but he never wants to look that bad when he takes his clothes oh, off, which he does it. in movies quite frequently.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's uh, he's always in good shape. He's got great hair. Um, Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice with Elliot Gould. Yeah. Jesus, man. That dude, <laughs> he's got more hair on his, like, shoulders than I've got on top of my head at this point and I'm not had a haircut all year, 2020. And he still is like two, two <laughs> really nice human heads that's growing out of his shoulders. And that's, that is someone I respected. Um, I also think that it, my wife having watched that film recently with me, is just glad that she was not, um, a young woman. Um, in the late 60s, early 70s. I think she is disgusted with all, <laughs> <laughs> all parties involved and perhaps even my interest in the period.
0: <laughs> Does it give her like a bizarre insecurity that this is what you're looking for when you are looking well, outside of your marriage?
1: I guess it ages me a little bit because, I mean, is, isn't this better than like fetishizing like John August and Doug Lyman's go repeatedly where I just <laughs> like want to go back to this rave yeah. culture that I missed um, out on.
0: Yeah. I, I, I guess that the, if you're going back somewhere, um, the fact that you're going back to a place that you were never a part of uh, makes it feel like there wasn't some uh, at the very least, it just feels like you're searching, not that you're looking back for something that you may have missed. Yeah. I'm so, like an
1: uh, alien explorer. Error. I'm just like looking with curiosity. Uh, at Allison and Janney and what she's offering. Which,
0: in this film, it's odd that you say that. That was one of the takes that I had on this movie that it does, Ang Lee is so distant from this material that he does just feel like an alien observer that's watching these people with literally no reaction to what they're doing or what they're saying or their emotions. Um, there's literally a dead child that's picked up by two separate men and it takes five minutes for any emotion to come across on the screen?
1: Yeah. I mean, is there any, is there any immediacy? Any of his, any of his work?
0: It's a good question. Um, I mean, definitely not in sense and sensibilities. Um, I I didn't see Gemini man. So I'm going to say that that might be the closest thing to it. Uh, Billy
1: Lynn's A Long Halftime Walk which was uh, <laughs> you know a pretty notorious bomb for about four years ago for, for trying to utilize Peter Jackson's uh, Hobbit frame rate like super high <laughs> frame rate for this movie yeah. uh, I did not see Taking Woodstock Less Caution Nope uh, Brokeback Mountain there's still I mean that's by its that's, nature it's but...
0: not immediate yeah it, it takes a minute but, I mean uh... yeah that's that fits that Owens storyline once they get going they're, they're rolling so yeah, but then they
1: pull back. You know, I mean, I it it's, it, it ends with that uh, that sort of longing that uh, I've actually gotten to uh, off-mic arguments with uh, Dave of a podcast directed by the this goddamn queer cinema. Like, that there's just not consistent <laughs> fucking for me. And he gets mad at me in turn when I say, why is not all of this? Why is Portrait of a Lady on Fire not more like Wild Things or one of its straight-to-video sequels? It's a legitimate concern.
0: You know, there is a market for that, and I'm sure it exists. Um, It just doesn't have the crossover appeal that you would imagine. <laughs> imagined. I remember there was a point in time when I started sending you a certain number of links in a row, and you, you were worried that we were going to end up becoming a certain show because there was a little bit more of just the wall-to-wall, man-on-man action.
1: <laughs> well, I don't want to disappoint our listeners because... <laughs> They may get the wrong idea. Uh, I did a, a guest appearance on uh, the movie bears podcast, which is sure. uh, three uh, uh, gay Tucson. gentlemen. Yeah. Two of them live in Tucson. Um, and then I think one's in Austin, Texas. And mm-hmm. uh, they, you know, I, it was one of those questions where I, I enjoyed their, their conversations, enjoyed their show. And I invited uh, them to come on war machine versus war horse. And they, they ended up guesting at different points in time. And so they return the favor and I, <clears throat> put me in that awkward position where I'm like uh, am I allowed to, to be on the show cuz I'm <clears throat> just uh I'm just a Kevin Klein straight guy just you know not- <laughs> <laughs> that's all I am here <laughs> and they're like no it's fine they're like you know plus we'll we have a YouTube channel so we have the video up and I'm like oh so they're they're basically saying like yeah we're going to know we're going to know by your looks that you're not <laughs> you're not quite at our level buddy
0: the, the guy in the uh, green hornet t-shirt and Patriots cap. <laughs> green hornet t-shirt. <laughs> I, I, would, I mean, trying to pull it back to the uh, <laughs> okay, to the, to the ice storm a little bit. Isn't that what they were watching in the basement? I,
1: I I guess. I mean, at first I just took that as like, what do you think I am? Like a fucking huge like Seth Rogen fan that I'm like a Green Hornet from like the 2010 no, I,
0: version. If anything, I would imagine that you would have like the 1970s, like not actually from the era, but the old Navy style, fake distressed green Hornet. Yeah. T-shirt.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I do get a lot of those as uh, um, a <laughs> really thoughtless Christmas presents. <laughs> <So do I. laughs> if I'm being honest, they're like, well, you're kind of into that nerd shit, right? Here's like, you don't know how many captain America shirts I have in different color variations. <laughs> Um, I still wear them, you know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm no, I'm no better than that, but I, you know, to be honest, much like, uh, the ice storm office space where they have the, the Jim sure. for like get together and watch Kung Fu. There's a lot of pop culture from that time period that I'm just not privy to that I'm like, I'm aware of it as far as like, Oh, Tarantino, like nerds really dig that sort of those retro sensibilities. that they use, but to me, that's all they are. It's like something that I'll see referenced in another movie. Uh, I'm trying to think of new stuff, you know, Harry Potter's kind of like that for me too. I never got into, I've only seen the first Harry Potter movie and I thought it was boring. Never read the books. And so even now, um, stuff that came out in my, my lifetime, there's still huge blank spots for me. Uh, and I, I think that's okay. Now Twitter tells me Harry Potter's bad because the, the author hates, uh, I don't know who she hates, uh, but uh, I think it's trans
0: people.
1: Well, I was about to say it I probably think... changes. Like I, you know, anytime I go on record <laughs> with this type of shit, something inevitably worse <laughs> comes out about them. So yeah, I think it's the trans community, but I'm not sure. I'll just say that there's probably more to come on that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's um, I have the Harry Potter box set. I think I've watched the first three and okay. I got it at, like, on Black Friday several years ago and I haven't gotten around to finishing it oh, no, fail. yeah I mean I'll, my kids might show interest at some point in time but uh, the four year old he's really into Indiana Jones right now Oh, uh, that's much uh, better for you yeah I mean and he was able to handle watching a Nazi's face melt so why even bother with Harry Potter
1: well when when is uh, regarding Henry not coming up for you and the four year old <laughs>
0: Maybe we'll start with uh, Super 8 and we'll work our way back through the J.J. Uh, J. Abrams catalog.
1: Oh, I don't know if I've got anything else on this. We ended with J.J. J. Abrams, so that's... How about that, Mr. Lee? Is that insulting enough for you?
0: Well, I think his own career is insulting enough to Ooh. himself. So.
1: All right. The, the scissor hands came out, as Kevin Smith would say.
0: <laughs> Am I the Johnny Depp or the... Uh... I just always
1: enjoyed that because, uh, you know, even in the, I think people who are fans of Kevin Smith probably like Edward Scissorhands and it, like he, he weaponized that and turned it into a huge <laughs> insult against Tim Burton. Just have always enjoyed yeah.
0: that. Uh, that.
1: I kind of want to do Wonder Boys with you next. Cause you brought it up. Okay. Actually. Cause I, that one I've returned to, um, not with curiosity because I initially enjoyed it. Um, but I also feel like uh, Curtis hansen uh, other than L.A. Confidential, uh, fairly oh. under, underrated guy, underrated director.
0: So with those two, what else is in the catalog? Oh, and sorry, uh, other Christina Ricci movie that was kind of the adult film, the uh, the follow up to Hustle and Flow, uh, Black Snake Moan. It's a solid movie. That's definitely an adult movie.
1: That one, um, unfortunately came up on, uh, recently. Uh, we were doing the Adams family, uh, on original remake, and my co host Peter, who just had, uh, like I think his 19th child, uh, just recently. <laughs> <laughs> I think being isolated from his family, uh, taking all the necessary precautions has made him quite the horn dog because he just kept going on about Christina Ricci. And I'm like, well, have you seen, <laughs> have you seen black snake Mom? Cause I felt a little uncomfortable talking about Wednesday Adams in this. I'm like, okay, let's, in that let's way,
0: no, no, no. It's kind of like if you're looking at the ice storm and you feel that way about her, that's not okay. But Wednesday Adams, that's even worse.
1: Yeah. I mean, and it's, I've, I, I've had, I've caught myself in that same trap before another podcast where, uh, I I like a uh, Brittany Murphy was like my, my first big like celebrity crush. And, uh, You know, people, when I've talked about Clueless, they're looking at me like a fucking freak, like a disgusting pervert. And I'm like, I was younger than her at the time. Like, that was an older woman for me. So, but to to go back to Ricci, I'm like, I suggest Black Snake Moan to to my man, Peter, because, you know, he's getting ready to go back into the homestead. Maybe he needs a quick little look look around on the phone. And he said that he'd already seen those pictures, but he had not seen the movie. So I guess guess good enough for him. Well there you go um, yeah. Next week <laughs> Wonder Boys
0: We're going to focus on Peter the boys dicks, uh, Black State Four Tissues
1: In his office fighting with your daughter
0: Tell him to come to the press room
1: He's not going to want to miss the jackal He
0: was I the High yeah. Had a PhD in street drive. They called him the Jackal.
1: Jackal. I speed bump with Jeff Brackenridge. Leo gave it to me because he thinks you're burned out on Mendoza. I told him I thought that was ridiculous. What do you think? Are you talking to me during the Jackal? I was just... You <laughs> talked to me during the Jackal? Sure.